We are continuing today in Mishnah Yomi and Meseches Peah, Perek Aleph, Mishnayis Beis and Gimel. Mishnah Beis says as follows: In Pochas in Lepeah Mishishim. So remember again, Avabisha Amru in Lepeah Shir. In the first Mishnah, we listed a number of items that do not have a requisite amount, a shear, a specific amount, in order to go ahead and fulfill one's obligation. And of course, included in that list was the mitzvah of Peah to leave a corner of my field for the poor. I can leave a lot, I can leave a little. So the Mishnah says, even though mid-da'araisa, biblically, there's no shear for payah, the rabbis came along and they said, you should leave one-sixtieth. That's the shear, one-sixtieth of your field. So the, the again, now this is a rabbinic shear, not biblical. So actually quite beautiful. So the Mishnah says, the truth is, everything also depends on how big the field is, how many poor people you have, and the rov ha'anava. We'll define that one in just a moment. So what the Mishnah is saying is like this. The rabbi said that one-sixtieth is the minimum. But if Baruch Hashem, a person has, thank God, a large field with a large crop, or, you know, a person lives in a place or in a time where there are so many anim, so many poor people. So the Mishnah, in a very, in a very balanced way, is encouraging us, give more. One-sixtieth is the minimum. But if you have a large field, and if there are a lot of anim, try to give as much as you can. Now, this last part is quite interesting. Well, Anava literally means humility. So the truth is, there's a number of different interpretations as to how to understand this idea of Anava. But we'll just go with the basic idea that Anava means humility. So why does, why does the farmer's humility factor into this? And this is an incredible idea. You know, in general, tzedakah is a difficult mitzvah for many. And understandably so, a person works very hard for their money. And now I'm taking that which I worked so hard for, that which I earned, and I'm giving it away. I'm sharing it with others. And as beautiful and as wonderful as a mitzvah as it is, it certainly comes with its understandable challenges. But the Mishnah says, so what's the key to being a generous person? The key to generosity is humility. Because when a person is humble, he understands that at the end of the day, everything I have is really from Hashem. It is true, I have to put in my eshtadlus, I have to put in my effort, but it's not my efforts which create success, it's my efforts which paved the way for Hashem to create success for me. When a person has that amount, when that person has that requisite humility, I realize everything that I have is truly a gift from Hashem, and I am but a custodian of God's material wealth. The more humble I am in this regard, the more charitable and generous of a person I can become. Beautiful. Now we continue with Mishnah Gimel. So Mishnah Gimel says something very interesting. Nostin peya metrila sasado umeamsa. So this is actually very interesting. Remember, the word peya means a corner. When we think about a corner, so the Mishnah kind of says, we presuppose that when do you leave peya? You know, at the end of your field. So for example, I'm a farmer, I'm harvesting my crop. Peya is left when I get to the end of my field. Instead of harvesting that last corner, wherever that last corner may be, I leave it standing grain, standing grain for the poor. The Mishnah says, the truth is you can leave peya from wherever you want. Peya does not have to be left at the end of the field, but rather, again, one is permitted to go ahead and 
Learners, when I say end of the field, peah doesn't have to be the corner that's left at the end of the harvesting process, but rather, again, a person could leave peah at the beginning of the harvesting process. So, you know, I start at the first corner and then decide, you know what, I'm going to leave this one for the poor. And then I go on and, and harvest the rest of the field. Or for that matter, ma'am, saw. And when I'm in the middle of harvesting, I can choose to leave one sixtieth of the field in the middle of the harvesting process. So in other words, what the Mishnah is addressing is, you might have thought, that the process for paya demands that a pro- the farmer first goes ahead and harvests his whole field for himself, and then at the end of his harvest, he goes in and leaves the portion for the poor. Therefore, the Mishnah says, no, you can leave the portion for the poor at the beginning or at the middle of the harvesting process. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, Rabbi Shimon says, this is true, this is true, you could leave peah wherever you want, as long as what? As long as you have made sure that you've reached the 160th amount. In other words, Rabbi Shimon says, you're right, you could leave peah wherever you want, as long as at the end of the day, you have left 160th of your field, of your field, um, for peah. Now it's interesting in the in the commentary on the Mishnah, it says So Rabbi Shimon is coming along and saying, you just have to make sure you reach the one sixtieth. Now interestingly enough, what he's adding over here is the one sixtieth need not be concentrated in one area. So for example, let's say I decide, you know what, I want to leave the first corner of my field. I start harvesting. Before I harvest anything for myself, I'm going to go ahead and leave a corner of my field for the poor. Fine. And, but let's say, again, that first corner does not represent one sixtieth of the crop. Rabbi Shimon says you have to leave something somewhere else in order to go ahead and reach that one sixtieth threshold. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda disagrees and he says, So Rabbi Yehuda comes along and says something very interesting. Yehuda says, you must leave something at the end of the harvest. So here's what's fascinating. You see, the Tanakama and Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Shimon are both agreeing on the same fundamental principle, which is, let's start from what everybody agrees with. You have to leave a corner of your field for the poor. Unharvested grain for the poor. That's for the poor to take. What else do we agree on? Biblically, there's no, there's no specific measurement. It's whatever you want. Rabbinically, one sixtieth. The Tanakama, the first opinion Mishnah comes along and says... The truth is you could leave that 60th wherever you want. You want to leave it at the beginning of harvesting, the middle of harvesting, the end of harvesting. It doesn't matter. Just leave it. Rebbe Shimon, you just have to make sure, you could even leave it potentially in multiple locations. You just have to make sure that at the end of the day, you have a 60th. That's all, that you have a 60th, right? Rebbe Huda comes along and says, there must be something left at the end of the field, there must be something left at the end of the field. In other words, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, Rabbi, excuse me, Rabbi Huda says that the notion of payah really does represent leaving something at the end of the harvest for the field, for the poor. He says it could be one stalk, right? You don't have to leave. In other words, he agrees with the fact that technically speaking, you could leave the beginning part of the harvest or the middle part of the harvest. You could leave whatever part, but there must be something left for payah at the end of the field. Because Rabbi Huda understands that the notion of peya means something that is left at the end. So it doesn't have to be all left at the end, but something has to be left at the end. Again, in the Bayer, in the commentary, he writes over here, 
As long as you leave at the end of the field even one stalk, even one stalk for the purpose of payah, ultimately, again, that combines with the rest of the grain that you left for payah. However, if you did not leave anything over at the end of the field, then ultimately, then everything you left over doesn't have the status of payah. That's not called payah. Interestingly enough, what is it called? It's called hefker. Now, what's interesting about this is, in other words, any produce you left will become ownerless, right? So in other words, technically speaking, it's free for the poor, but you have not fulfilled your mitzvah of payah in this particular situation. So fundamental machlokas about whether or not one actually has to leave over something at the end of the harvest, at the end of the field for payah or not. Rabbi Yehuda says you must, even if it's just one stalk, even if the majority of the payah is in the rest of the field. And the Tanakhama, the first opinion says that halacha so you could leave payah wherever you want. Wonderful, we will stop over here. Emir Tzashem, we will continue Mishnayis Dalit and Hey tomorrow. Wishing everyone a wonderful day. I wanted just to follow up for a moment on Peah, Parak Aleph, Mishnah Gimel. That was today's Mishnah Yomi. Just to share with you an interesting halacha. So the Rambam in Hilchos Matnos Aniim, Parak Beis, Halacha Yud Beis, speaks about the machlokis that we learned in today's Mishnah, namely that where should one leave Peah, or is one, does one have to leave Peah? At the end, at the edge of the field, or could really one leave payah anywhere that they want? See, interestingly enough, the Rambam says, ideally, ideally, one should not leave payah in the middle of the harvesting, but rather one should leave payah at a visible corner of the field. And he gives a number of reasons. Number one, he says, so that the poor should know where to go. In other words, if you could leave payah kind of wherever you want, it's hard for the poor to know exactly where to go to collect their portion. But this way, if payah is always left at a particular designated spot, it's at the corner of the field. All right, maybe you don't know exactly which corner, but there's only four corners. So you'll be able to go out and find the payah that way. So you should leave it at the field. Number two, I leave it at the corner for the benefit of the poor. Number two, the Ramam writes that this way your payah is also visual. The people, other people should see your payah and that people should not suspect you, the farmer, of not leaving payah. The concept of Yisem Nikim, that one is obligated to go ahead and project uh, an image of adherence to halacha. Another reason that Ammon brings down is this is to avoid people who try to get out of their payah obligation by saying, oh, we gave it the office, right? I, already, I, already, I, left my pay, I left my payah earlier on in the harvest or earlier on in the field. Therefore, again, people kind of can't wiggle out of their payah obligation. The Ramam quotes another few opinions as well. But Allah Khalamaisa, the Ramam does paskin that the ideal is that one leaves payah at the end of their harvest at the edge of the field. That being said, the Rambam does say that Allah Khalamaisa, if one did leave payah at the beginning of the field, or for that matter, again, in the middle of the harvest, middle of the field, technically speaking, one does satisfy their obligation as long as that which they left measures up to the 160th of the field. Good. A little halacha la Wishing everyone a wonderful day.